It is Friday, September the 30th. It is the last day in September. Tomorrow will be the first day in October. This is Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson, and Charlie is still in Los Angeles. He is flying in tomorrow morning uh, to go to the grand final with me, but uh, a lot of people are going, well, are you going to talk about the grand final before the actual grand final? Uh, Yes, this is it. Uh, There's two things. Firstly, Michael, Mike Hal, our super producer, has produced a summation called The Journey, which is all the oh. highlights of uh, Charlie and I talking about the Bulldogs throughout the rounds, throughout the year from the podcast. And uh, I have a guest, Charlie, here to guide me through. A guy who knows what it's like <laughs> in the final weekend of the AFL season. Uh, he just arrived at my hotel room with the Herald Sun and the Age uh, from every day this week because he said, I, you, you'll want to keep them as souvenirs. It is, of course, from the Junk Time AFL podcast, Michael Chamberlain. Hello, hello Will. Hello, Will. I, I, I feel bad that Charlie can't be here for this, uh, this occasion because it would be fit- for him, you've gone through the journey together, and to get to the final one, and he's not here. So, so I'll I'll, I'll try my best to to fill his socks. I mean, in some ways, I will should mention the socks because we are speaking into uh, bulldogs' booties. <laughs> These are tiny little baby socks that you meant to give you like your infant if they're like a, a bulldogs fan, and they are over the microphones now. So we are, as promised on the last episode, now officially talking into bulldog socks for this week. They're quite adorable. They're very adorable. I mean, I guess technically, I probably should have got like a bulldogs one and a swans one, and like they nah. could have been. But fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Uh, so yeah, so so Charlie will be back. Uh, we will do something over the weekend, and of course we have. Our a big live uh, 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 two guys one junk as yep. uh, Charlie likes to call it on yep. Sunday at four European Beer Cafe. And so, what's the deal with tickets? Is it sold out or is there like? So we've sold two hundred tickets, right. and I've, I've just been apprehensive about how, you know how many people actually can fit in. So we figure two hundred will be safe. But if you do want to come along, uh, we'll, you're welcome to get them at the door. But what we'll do, we'll let the ticketed people in first, and if there's room, which I think um, I think there will be, uh, then you can wander in. But also, there's room around the side of the stage in kind of mill, and um, our only requirement was like maybe no fatties. Uh, because that way, <laughs> if you're a big dude. So if Colin Sylvia has that big day at the <laughs> AFL Grand Final and wants to pop down. Yeah, so like if you're all the size of four people, maybe right. maybe have... And also there's, um, there's a couple of flights upstairs, so you're probably not going to like that anyway. Do you feel like that's discriminatory? Uh, or is this like more like your Kevin Smith airline thing where he knew to book two tickets? Is that what you're saying? I wonder that. If you get to the stage in life where you've got to book two seats on a plane, you go, what, what am I doing? I've got I to work, work things out. I mean, I figure if it's two seats... Like that's, a, I mean, you know, I always see that with the AFL players because we've got so many tall guys now. You yeah, know, you got your two meter Peters and yeah, those sort of your guys. Yeah, Mason Cox. And you've got your Virgin sponsorship, and they've mm. only got a few seats with legroom. Mm. There's got to be a divvying up process. I figure that. Do you think it goes in on height or injuries? Like, if you're a tall right. guy, are you getting the first class unless, say, Lin Jong does his like huh. collarbone? Yeah, and suddenly, you know, <laughs> Caleb's Jong- up in the in yeah. the, in the uh, compartment. Yeah, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you probably need one of those extra, like, you know, baby seat, um, yeah, yeah. seat belts yeah, for he's, Caleb. He's on those, yeah, that exit row, row where they get, they put the baby on the, 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 the crib. Oh, they yeah, they like just hang it up. It, it yeah. lies out. Yeah, And that's they can just lie him down mid-dark. <laughs> and he can actually get worked on. The physios come down and they can work their hammies, put him on the baby crib. I figure maybe they go with height, but I think I also just figure they're walking around the whole time if it is right. incredibly uncomfortable. I figure they just go up the back and stand. A lot know? of stretching, a I lot figure, of walking. Yeah, and they'd all be big about the deep vein thrombosis they don't have you know have all that kind of stuff well they, they, but those guys are always wearing those sort of leggings anyway oh that's right yeah so they'd be fine yeah because they're just rocking those socially they're going down chapel street in those yeah compression leggings i so. mean he, i'm not maybe five nine or ten and i do, i mean you do it heaps more and you're way taller than me but um I, I had a middle seat coming back from la you know yeah. a month or two ago and it was in, so uncomfortable so uncomfortable so what if mason cox is sitting there like he must be just losing his mind right yeah. so yeah so that's got to be like that's one time where being tall has just got to help you because you still get the business class treatment right mm. like they're not just going well you're tall so you only get the leg room 
Yeah. You still get the nice, like, scrambled eggs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you get a little bit of champagne. Right. <laughs> can I say, I think, uh, as well, again, thank you for having me at your apartment in LA. It was very kind of you. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, it was My amazing. Pleasure. It's such an amazing place. Well, Charlie's there at the moment. Well, actually, Charlie's probably in the air at the moment, flying yeah, back he would in. Because be. we were thinking about going to the North Melbourne Grand Final Breakfast tomorrow. Have you ever been to the North Melbourne Grand Final Breakfast? I haven't, actually. And you know what? It doesn't really appeal to me a great deal. I will maybe go one day, but it's not nothing. It's not really on my football bucket list. Um, you know, a politician walks in and they play a funny song. I don't know. It doesn't doesn't really get to me. You know, it is one of those things. They've invited me the last. I reckon I've, I've I probably have got an invite every year or every like basically every year for about the last decade. Yeah. You know, I've obviously been on the list of like people you'll ring around and say he like colorful ident colorful football identity. You know, I like footy and I'm on the tally. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, right. You know, there's got to be a point on the list where that'll do. And is it like an 8am start? Yeah, so it's an 8am and it's finished by like 10 or 10.30. So yeah. Charlie doesn't get in until 9.30, so we, it would have been done. And I, I just can't go to those things solo. Like was, I, I was like, you know, because they invite you solo. they just like, hey, do you want to come along to the North mm. Melbourne breakfast? And I was like, well, you know, can I bring Charlie? And they were like, yeah. And then he couldn't get in. So yeah. I was just, yeah, I didn't think I could. Well, I reckon you got a big day too. So have a bit of a sleep in. Well, so what's your day? So this is, yeah, I mean, you, you, you're a Hawthorne fan huh. for those who don't know. Huh. Uh, how, how are things as a Hawthorne fan? Because, I mean, obviously there's going to be a fair bit of me just talking about how awesome it is to be a Bulldogs fan. And you're more than happy to, so, yeah. But I'm tell, tell me about how... How you felt about, okay, well, firstly, let's go back to the final, like when yep. we beat you guys. Yep. Did you at all see that coming? Were you, how was your mindset of like, you know, did you think you were going to go all the way again or were you worried about this final series? Oh, no. I mean, I think, um, I think maybe noted in the email that I accidentally sent you yeah. uh, a few weeks ago. <laughs> I think in the email I did say, I think we were two games top at that time, yeah. but I said, I, I said, I'm, promised I'm no guarantee that we're going to stay there um you know we kind of snuck into top four by point in the end right uh and then you know Smith misses that goal so that changes the whole thing um does that now and this on is reflection yeah is it yeah is it a bigger moment now yeah yeah after the loss it becomes a bigger thing because you get a week off you're in a prelim and you're playing uh play maybe playing Sydney or something like right. that and then who knows yeah definitely definitely but that's been the whole finals campaign too you know it's been the whole year I mean what it's, there's never been a year mm. where there was like I, I said to Charlie after certainly after the first round of the finals when there were six teams left you were going any of these six teams could win it now. absolutely absolutely and when the dog is like what, uh, two games off top or something right like and the, and well the other thing is and like we we finished on 15 wins which ordinarily would mean that you were top four probably yeah, yeah. at least minimum but also if there was something on the line in that last game are you telling me the team that beat west coast and hawthorne and gws couldn't have beaten Freo? yeah for sure. i mean i think that you know by the by the time it got to that game it was literally, there was nothing on the line. Nothing could change by the time we got to it. So, realistically, you may be even looking at 16 wins, mm. you know. Um, so, I mean, I always thought the Bulldogs were a chance. Mm. You know, I always thought, like, you know, we've got a good enough team if we can get it all together to... But it's been pretty magic. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, when we were playing you guys, I, I, I wasn't confident by anyway. Actually, I had a bit of a... I had a bad feeling about this. Right. Um, and then <laughs> Were we... you only two days from retirement? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> showing someone a picture of Luke Hodge really <laughs> lovingly. <laughs> yeah. I was, show, I was showing the house at Waverley that I bought, so they're going to move in there. and <laughs> we got a beautiful view. <laughs> uh, the uh, during week, second quarter, I think Bruce had a shot that would have put us 27 points yeah. up. Then I think you kicked four in a row, got back to about three points or something like that. That was a big moment. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause I thought we had started actually really well, but we had not been able to capitalize on it at all. Yeah. And then you guys are just so good that every time it would go down the other end, they would just... Go, oh yeah, this is how the pros get it done. Yeah, Cyril will get it or do something. And then, uh, and then you kicked away in the third quarter. Uh, it became pretty obvious that it was going to happen. I had a flashback to 97 prelim and I was like, oh well, maybe, maybe, maybe it will happen <laughs> again for the doggies and, uh, we can get up. But then during the, uh, mate, when the Hawthorne fans were leaving th during the final quarter, yeah. I was like, have you never watched a Bulldogs Blue <laughs> final? You guys could still win it from here. And then halfway through the last quarter, I was, I was just watching it and I thought, you really can't complain about not winning a fourth. You, know? right. you can't be angry about it. It would have been great. I, I, not even just by the fact it's my team. 
I like to see history. I like to see those things I've never seen before. So whether it was Brisbane, I wanted them to win four in a row because I go, I've never seen that and I may never see that. So I'd like to see those events. You know, like I want to see St Kilda win one. I want to see you guys win one. Uh, I want to see the Gold Coast Suns win one. It's been a long time. And so yeah, exactly, they put in the hard years. As uh, as as it wrapped up, I did go to the bar for the final siren because I, I don't want to hear that. And then right. <laughs> and then uh uh but I, walking back with my family, I saw a few other friends there and. It was completely fine, and we were very happy for the Bulldogs too. See, that's the thing that I have not got, because there was so much animosity towards Hawthorne yeah. going into this. And I, yeah, yeah, I get that to a certain extent, but because if somebody's just dominated for so long, people yeah. wanted to see it's it boring. be over, right? Yeah. But there was a part of me, and I've, I said it on the podcast earlier in the season, that I was like, if it isn't going to be the Bulldogs... I'd almost prefer it's Hawthorne because then at least we're seeing history. Mm. Like, you know, if, if it's the Swans, and I mean this with all due respect to like a football team that you've got to admire, like the last 20 years of the Sydney Swans, you would say, you know, you, you've just got to say that Hawthorne, Geelong and the Sydney Swans in the last 20 years have all been superstar mm. teams. There's no doubt about it. But fuck that shit. Yeah. Let someone else have a go. Yeah, yeah. I think that's every year. Like when there's a someone who hasn't been in it for a while, 2000 with Essendon, like in Melbourne, the you know, people want Melbourne, despite the fact right. you know we've we've seen that. And you know Hawthorne's Hawthorne's done enough, done enough for me for a long time. And um, we were there with the Swans for that. Like when in 2005, I performed at their breakfast. Oh, we absolutely. were all excited for the Swans. Yeah, yeah. But now you you're doing fine. Now. Yeah, no, move on, <laughs> move on, move on. And um uh and uh, who's another team that has has won for a while? I mean, oh, actually, I mean, Geelong, like Geelong in 07. You right. wanted that because yeah. you hadn't seen it for 44 years. And I do love the whole, like, and die happy brigade that come out every year. Uh, even today, watching the parade, um, they were interviewing, you know, a few old timers, and they're just like, and die happy. One lady said, I think I, I can die on Sunday. And I'll die happy. <laughs> mate, mate, I can die on Sunday and I'll die happy. Like, I feel like they took a look at my state of health and went, we better speed this process up. We don't have time for a seven-year rebuild. Ando's on his last legs. Uh Hawthorne was the one for me where, because the West Coast thing, I, I had a bit of a feeling that I was like, okay, I reckon we might go over there. And, you know, West Coast are flaky, you know, like I reckon we're just going to go over there and surprise them and mug them. But yeah. Hawthorne to me was like, well, if we're serious about this, this is what you got to do. You yeah. got to beat someone who's like, you know, the pros, contender, the old yeah. school, you know, the real kind of old school. And it was... It was a very exciting night. There was that moment in the the, the whenever it was third quarter, you know, the Bontempelli Hodge moment, the moment yep. that Bruce, uh, you know, called as the, being uh, like the passing, passing of, of the baton, yeah. sort of moment. Which, of course, those things are, it's a ridiculous thing to say, but it's it's great to be there for those moments yeah. where you do kind of feel like, oh, yeah, okay, we might be all right here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Bont's amazing. The Bont's amazing. They could make him captain next year, and that wouldn't be that wouldn't be a shock, you know. Yeah, I mean, like he. He's such a natural leader of the club anyway, I mm. think. And he did captain a couple of games this season. But I think that the thing about him is that he's like one of those people where you're just like, please let all this be true. Because mm. you are so... Like, he's so James Heard. Yeah. Like, I'm like, if there's going to be a scandal, wait until like 10 ha. years from now when you're coaching <laughs> the team and yeah. you get them involved in it. Yeah, you like supplements live program. baiting greyhounds or something. Right. You just dark side of the bond just strapping possums <laughs> to rails. They're going, get, get him! <laughs> Cockfighting, you know, or dogfighting in his backyard. Oh, that would be appropriate, actually. With right. dogs, we'd let him off that, I reckon. Imagine if that. But it came out that he's been running an underfighting bulldog fighting <laughs> ring. Yeah. He's the Michael Vick of the yeah, AFL. Yeah. But he's amazing, you know. Great height, great skills. I mean, the goal he kicked um, against GWS the other day. Uh, yeah. Uh, if, yeah. If, if they made him captain next year, he could be captain for 10 years. And this is uh, this, it's someone who won't get a lot of credit this week, but deserves at least a little bit of the credit, is Brendan McCartney. Mm -hmm. Because he... Um, that like that recruitment strategy was very much you know through his years, and he is a great development coach. Like he's always been renowned as a great development coach. So a lot of people say he's the best development coach going around, which is why he's gone straight back into the system again okay. because people think he's great with young kids and and building them through. And in the end, he kind of lost the senior players, you know, not the younger players. So I think we it was almost the perfect coaching move. Like I mean, you can't say that to someone. Come in for a couple of couple years, of years, be a real yeah. hard ass, yeah. and then we're going to sack you and bring in someone else. Have some weird thing on your nose, right? Then, yeah, yeah, Could yeah, you just, yeah. Eventually, that'll become distracting for the senior <laughs> players. So, who would have, he picked up in that area? So he, he well, got Bont and Pally, yep. definitely. But his strategy was the the big bodied midfielder. Okay, that's where the game was going. That yep. was very much from his 
like from his mind and his philosophy and those sort of things. So I, I think we have a lot to thank him for, for those. I mean, the recruiting down at the Bulldogs, when you look at it, and I think this is the other thing that probably, I mean, I guess people talk about this and not just in relation to the Bulldogs, but I think in relation to the AFL now is we've got to celebrate how many journeys you can have to get to the AFL now. And this is the one thing that gives me hope against the, you know, the G- GWS, you know, self-design sort of like, you know, thing that it's going to be is that if you look at, you know, Rampy or if you look at Hodge or if you look at Boyd or if you look at all these, there's like five or six guys in the Bulldogs teams all off the rookie list. And like the strength of like, you know, talent that's now in the AFL, like playing at the top level who started on the rookie list, yep. I think is really... Amazing. Yep, the different ways. And also, let's not forget the recruit, the recruit on Foxtel. Obviously, <laughs> next year's Norma reality TV. <laughs> the dude from the recruit. <laughs> but even uh, watching uh, on the TV earlier, they had the under-18s game, so a bit of a rep team. just Team Judd versus Team O'Loughlin, I think right. it was. yep. And uh, I was watching that, and you got Jarman and Dacos, their kids playing in there. But I also maybe one or two in a game like that, you'd almost have to play rather selfishly, wouldn't you? By the fact, you kind of have to get seen. Right. And so, I mean, I saw a guy and he kind of had a shot for goal and he kicked the goal and it was a great goal. But there was a guy running by and I was like, oh, you, could, you really could have given the hands there. It would have been, you know, the team thing to do. But I thought, yeah, maybe you're kind of running out there for a game like that and you have to, you have to, you know, hog it, you know? Well, I think Bontempelli averaged like six touches or something in the carnival. So yeah, he, well, that's why he kind of fell off people's radars yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, dominated in the last game or something and, and somebody saw something. But yeah, yeah that role of... Like, you know, finding people wherever you find them and turning them into players. I mean, Sydney's a good example of it with, like... I mean, it's a real disappointment, I think, that earlier earlier isn't playing... Absolutely. ...on grand final day. I've always said, once the Prime Minister mentions you at the UN... It's the curse. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the way out. It's a new curse. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned... Didn't mention... He mentioned a couple of those, but I think yeah. I think Turnbull actually called up earlier and said, I'm going to do this, you know, do you mind? Yeah. And he said, who's this? Who's this? Yeah. Malcolm Turnbull. <laughs> Actually, I think they said he, he thought it was a prank. He was like, I get fucked, man. That's not Malcolm Turnbull. He said, I'll show you my bank balance. It's me. It's like, I love you, Lawrence Moon. It's a good bit, Moons. I love it. <laughs> All right. So, grand final week then. Uh, you know, so you've had a couple of weeks now to just kind of enjoy football as a regular citizen again. Yep. Um, grand final week. What's like, what ordinarily, what were your weeks like? What, you know, you brought the newspapers, but what are the. You told me that I should go to the parade, which I did. Yep, I went yep. to the parade today, which was uh, fantastic. Well, I didn't go to the, I didn't go into the city for the start of the parade. You went to the best bit. Yeah, the I went MCG down to the bit. MCG. Yeah, to the live site, the AFL live site. And I heard a rumor Mike Brady was there. Mike, I mean, <laughs> this was the big surprise. This was the M Night Shyamalan style yeah, twist. Man. How many corporates would he do this week? You have to do like thirty corporates, I reckon. He would do all the work he does in a year in one week. I reckon. Yeah, come out, get a get a get a cheeky cashy. A cheeky cash envelope and um, sing, sing one songs. song. Yeah, two songs. Yeah, yeah. He belted out one day in September first, which mm-hmm. I was I was a bit compromised about because tomorrow is October. It's October, but yeah. he didn't change it. Yeah. Oh, he's integrity. integrity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when they tried to change the Doors lyrics on the Ed Sullivan show. You know, hey, they're they're his babies. Mate, I'm not weird, Mike Bradovich. <laughs> <laughs> I sing the songs how they are written. Um, and then he did up there because yeah. But that's all he does. It's not like he has to do. He has another one. He has another one. I can't remember the name of, but I remember it had kind of like you know, you'll be you'll be Jezza, you'll be Knights, you'll be Jezza, oh, you'll be yeah, Roach. I remember that. Yeah, but I can't remember the name of it. But it didn't kind of had the cut through of up there, Kazali, and uh, one day in September. Yeah, well, that's a guy's gone to the well again. You know, it's like, well, this is my sweet spot. This yeah. is my sweet hitting spot. I wonder. Did, did you he... have that album? You know, that the. I reckon we probably did. We probably did. Uh, there's another one. The people who sing the sing the team songs. They're not called the Music Men, but they're kind of like they're called a band. They're a band, like they're kind of a uh, a cappella band, I suppose, right. in a way. And they had a couple of songs as well. Oh, football season comes around again, and the crowds are storm into the grounds again. Da 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 da. As the whistle blows. All right, here we go. Let's find out something about Mike Brady. Uh, it's Grand Final week. It's a good time to talk about Mike Brady. Born uh, Michael Brady, AM. Uh, so he's been honoured uh, on Australia Day. Uh, born Michael Brady, uh, 28th of February, uh, so close to being a leap year baby, Brady, uh, 1948, is an Australian musician, most commonly associated with Australian Rules football anthems, Up There Kazali, and uh, One Day in September. Up There Kazali topped the Australian singles charts. 
in September 1979. So it was a number one single. That's pretty sweet. Um, uh, briefly held the record as the best-selling Australian single. No way. Yeah, there you go. Up there, Kazali. I wonder how much <laughs> cash he would have made out of that, because he would have actually made some money back then. I mean, heaps, right? You'd imagine. But he would have thought the good years were going to last forever. That's the problem. Uh, he is a jingle writer. Yeah, exactly. And very famous jingle mm. writer. Like, has written a whole bunch of uh, things. So, okay, here we go. Here's his discography. Uh, up there, Kazali, 1979. Fuck the Police, 1981. Well, it's weird you say that, because his second album was called The Cube. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I don't know if it was a shout-out to Ice Cube. Yeah. But... I wonder what kind of actual normal music he does. Like, I kind of picture it being a bit kind of Australiana, kind of along the kind of John Williamson kind of side of things. Yeah, I would say so, right? Mm. Mike, I'll tell you what, though. He's rocking at the moment, Mike Brady. Uh, long hair and a beard. Oh, really? Long yeah. Hair. Wow. A uh, 68-year-old with uh, <laughs> long locks. He's got that kind of classic, like, aging rocker yep. haircut now. Yep. But that was never how I really imagined Mike Brady. But when I looked up there, I was like, is that like... And do you know if he is going to sing tomorrow at the game? There's always a bit of controversy. Yeah. About whether he's, he I has done it the last couple of years. I, I think he's back. Yeah. I think it was Andrew Demetriou who oh, yeah. had a problem with yeah. Mike Brady. Sure. Whereas like, Gil's like, come on, Mike. Well, because there was that famous incident at Glen Archer's place when Mike right. Brady got found with Andrew Demetriou's wife true. in the toilets. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, black band for a long time. And he was singing up there, Caroline, <laughs> which is weird. Uh, Mike Brady Presents the Songs of Football's Greatest Sons was the album. That it had, and so the track listing, which they've put here. On oh, the album, here we go. Uh, track one, Goodbye Doc. About Daryl Bulldog, of course. Uh, track two, uh, about a guy who I sat in front of at the footy, uh, the Saints uh, Pies game early in the year, the all bionic footballer about Peter Moore. Oh. Yeah. Um, I remember the lyric to that one because we had this album at home, uh-huh. like on vinyl, and I used to listen to it a lot. And it was something about like when they made the plans for him, they threw them away, or when God made the, you know, it was, it was very uh, one goal to beat them all, the tale of Peter Hudson. Come on, hello, kick that goal. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah you know it, and yeah. It, has the, um, it, it actually goes, it has a sample in it, Avalanche's style. It goes to the commentary to the game. of him when he kicks it into the mark, yep, going yep. for the, the record goal. I actually watching last night, I watched uh, on YouTube, I watched the final draw, the doco about the Collingwood St. Kilda draw, which was quite fascinating. And then also, just through the YouTube loop, I got onto the, the 1971 version of that, and um, they talked about Hutto, who... Uh, they said his ear was hanging off and uh, he was seeing like three goalposts. Like he was genuinely fucked up with a concussion. I, I, that song, like it was sung as if it was like, you know, like you don't remember The Devil Went Down to Georgia or those sort of ballads that yeah. tell a story. So yeah, was, yeah, was, yeah. It was like, Hudson number 26, 150 through the sticks, <laughs> just one more goal to beat them all. Come on, Hutto, get that goal. Wow, that's great. Yeah. After that 71 grand final, my mum and dad were going to get married in about a month. And Dad watched the game, and he got very happy and excited and jumping up and down with joy. And he came back to Mum's flat. He's betrothed, probably wow. for a little bit of old uh, grandfather. Nice yeah. fun. Hello. And uh, <laughs> said Mum opened the door, and he was a bit red-faced and, uh, you know, uh, flustered. And she said to him, oh, well, if I knew you were going to come, if, you, if, I knew you, if I knew you were going to play, I would have come and watched. Yeah, they were about to get married in a month, and she thought he was playing in the, AFL, in the VFL grand final. <laughs> but still, 45 years later, you know, they're still together. <laughs> If I knew you were going to play. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Well, I guess you just don't care. Like, if you don't care, what do you know? Yes, yes. You know, like, my partner doesn't care about football. Mm. So she just, like, you you realise if you don't care about something, you don't actually pay any attention to it. Well, she'd probably only been in Melbourne for about a year. She's from Sydney. But then then, uh, essentially she converted and she's as mad at Hawthorne as anyone now. All right, uh, track four, uh, the big gub from over west about polypharma. Polypharma, yep. Uh, track five, it all sounds like football to me about uh, the great uh, EJ Witten. Ah, there we go. Uh, track six, Bobby Dazzler about Bobby Skilton, of course. Uh, track seven, fly and hide a glory about uh, the great John Coleman. Uh, the infamous Captain Blood about Jack Dyer. Uh, the ballad of the pale face kid. <laughs> about Keith Gregg. Oh, that's a bit, a bit harsh. Uh, the Heart of the Lion about Kevin Murray. 
those cold blue eyes about John Nichols. That I remember that one too. Uh, it was about like it was almost like it made John Nichols out as this like kind of Western like sort of like hero uh, who just went out to like gun shooter. Yeah, just yeah. to smash people and yeah. you didn't want to look into his cold blue eyes. Yeah, fuck. Uh The Kiss of Death about uh, Louis, Louis Richards and uh track thirteen Man of Iron about uh Ron Barassi. So what's the one about Zach Dawson called? Uh, the one is called uh, <laughs> Ross's Little Mate. On the, be- <laughs> on the bench again. <laughs> so much with so little, the Zach Dawson story. That's great. So uh, I don't get it either. Sung by Zach Dawson. Yeah, they're serious. They're serious tales. Because you know, there's uh, it's a bit along the lines of a kind of a Greg Champion kind of rap, isn't it? Right. But he kind of does funny ones. Uh, You're here to win. I think is probably the song you were thinking about in 1982. I reckon that might be yeah, it, yeah. you're here to win. Mm. So that was his uh, crack at it where you were in back. So I heard last week, did you actually end up watching the game uh, on on delay or live? Yes. So, okay. So I was so we, I had a show at Podfest at... Um, at so it finished at 12.46, I remember it distinctly. Uh, and... Uh, I did the most, also the most eastern suburbs Sydney, Sydney thing of all time, which was being in LA rather than the western suburbs of Sydney. And I, it was quarter time, and we were two points up. Yeah, quarter time when we finished the game. So I was like, oh, wow, this is too. I can't, I can't do it. So Dude, it was full on. Like even watching, I just watched it with a friend uh, at his place, and even, even for us, the non-sporters, it was full on. Well, a lot of people are calling it like the best, as in like the most tense final, just mm-hmm. because it was so tight throughout the entire game. Yeah. Like and. So I went to bed. I said, well, I can't, I can't. Like, I'm, you know, I'm three days in LA. I've got 15 bloody shows. I've got, like, I can't. I just can't do this. So how do you get to bed? That's fine. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Okay. So what? I, so my plan was, I'll just go to bed now. Oh, and I'm drunk. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll fall asleep. I'll fall drunk asleep. Yeah. And about the right time, my body will wake me up. we go to the bathroom and the game will be over, right? So um, I woke up and just coincidentally, I hadn't set an alarm or anything, but it was like, minutes after the game had finished so i've had a nap for a couple of hours and my phone has exploded i don't read the messages but there's enough messages for me to go okay we've won this this is amazing i am now going to lay in bed and i'm going to watch the last quarter i'll just watch the last quarter now i'll go back to bed and then i'll get up in the morning and i'll watch the whole game that's what i'm going to do and then i started watching the last quarter and like so firstly when i flicked on and it's even at three quarter time, I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm like, I'm so glad I went to bed. I just, would, I'd be dead by now. <laughs> so, but then they kicked the first, those first two goals. Yeah. And I'm like, I've got to check my phone. So I get up, like literally, I lost so much confidence. I was like, oh, fuck, we lost. And there's all people just saying, commiserations. commiserations. Yeah. And I check one message and it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah, I'm like, great. okay, I'm back to the game. Yeah, cool. Because I was, and then, then still, even with that, I was like, can we like lose a replay? Has it happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, I think it's 2012, and they're doing the grand final recall with the Swans, and Paul Roos is in there, and halfway through the last quarter, they kind of turns to the group and goes, "Hey, do we do we win do this? We win this? <laughs> <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> not looking good. Yeah, this is looking terrible from here. <laughs> They've just yeah. So there was a moment definitely in that last quarter where I was like, ah, fuck. This isn't going to happen, but yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, and, yeah, and then I mean, obviously, when they kicked that goal to get in front, and then I was like, okay, we, we, this is fine. But yeah, and then Stringer kind of centering it even at the end. Yeah. It was yeah, it was it was it was pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely, because they're, they're a super football team. Yeah, like you know, that's the thing is like that did nothing to make you think that they're not going to come back, you know, stronger next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even if you add, just add Stevie J to that last week. Um, oh, also, I mean, to be honest, like, you know, if they got that, you know, call on Johannesson running in close and got a 50 metre and had gone the other way, you know, that game could have easily gone the other way. Yeah, sure, I sure. mean, fuck them. I'm glad that it didn't. Absolutely. Fuck but, that shit. Yeah. And I think everyone's happy with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that was literally what the umpires said after the game, didn't they? Wasn't essentially when they do the umpires report on what they got wrong. They go, yeah, that's a free kick. But officially, on behalf of us, because <laughs> you guys fucked up quite a bit, I reckon, in terms of like when you were kicking forward. A lot of times you just kick it yeah. to the to, to kick to the wrong team, and so I think um uh, there was some. I kept on thinking to myself, "Fuck, they've done it again. Like that's going to really cost them." But yeah. thank God you got up. And there's great footage on the AFL website, I think it was, um, of someone essentially in the cheer squad filming the last two minutes. And just getting close-ups of people, and they're just kind of in tears, and they're, you know, going, oh, shit, oh, fuck, oh, no. And uh, pe- heaps of people are watching the scoreboard instead of watching the game. Uh, and then the siren goes off, and 
this guy starts crying and drooling at the same time. Oh. I mean, because I just think it's a thing that we just expected would never happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what it's been like all week. Like, I find it hard to think that... I mean, and of course, if we lose, I will be devastated and all those sort of things. But I think that for most of us, we didn't even think this would happen. And for it to happen in the way that it's happened, I mean, this has been the season up against everything. Yeah. It's just been one of those seasons where every three weeks there's been a time where they go, where people have just gone, well, you can't win it now. You definitely can't win it now. Murphy did his knee. Well, you definitely can't win it now. Oh, you know, Oliver did. Oh, no, McRae did. No, you can't. Red pass, Wallace, no, you can't win it now. Yeah. And it just seemed to be happening all season. We've gone in uh, like, you know, uh, underdogs in each of the finals, like despite the fact... And if you look, I looked at the teams on paper today, and it's ridiculous. I mean, we average, uh, like, our team average is 80 games. Yeah. Like, you line them up against the names of the Swans. Like, these are superstars. That team's full of superstars. I mean, I know they've got some young players and stuff as well, and they've done a really good job with that. But, like, when you list the names, they're fucking superstars. And then I look down the name, some of ours, and I'm like, I'm not even sure I would be able to tell you who that guy was in his casual clothes. Yeah, yeah. And I barrack for this day, you know, like... I think I, was, I, I saw various different figures, but I think I think it's no one in your team has grand final experience. Well, because Suckling didn't get yeah, picked. Yeah, so. so I think they were saying that's the first time since maybe 97 for the Saints or something like that. Um, but I don't know, I, I think it's... Yeah, your brain stares Sydney, doesn't it? Right. But I think this fairy tale... Fairy tales have happy endings. <laughs> and I think right. everything is pointing. Even I was saying last week to Adam on our podcast, like even the idea of Bob Murphy going down, that I think that adds to the fairy tale. Right. You know, that that's what makes it even more special. So I mean, yeah. And plus I'm still not ruling him out for a last minute sub in. Yeah, true, true. I true. mean, I was thinking if Ruffy's eye didn't come up. Yeah, Bob Murphy. Yeah. No, well, combo. Yeah. So you pick Murphy, you play him. Is there any AFL rule that says you couldn't play Murph on Ruffy's shoulders? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, because so Murph could then be like, "That's our ruck, right?" <laughs> like, so Ruffy just has to carry him around, and Murph guides him. Yeah, put a big jumper over him so right. you don't know. Yeah, well, because I mean, he's got to protect his eyes, yeah. Ruffy. So yeah. you put him in a blindfold, and Murph kind of controls him, or like a baby basset, like a you know, like one of those things. Baby that, Beyond. Yeah, yeah. Just whack him in one of those and carry him around. If you win... Is that against the rules of the AFL? Uh, I'd have to check. I, I'm no expert. I have to talk to KB about that. Uh, if you win, then you're holding up the cup. Yeah. Not with the kind of arrogance of a, the Ben Cousins in 06. Do you call up Bob Murphy first to help hold it up? I mean, I, th- I, I think at the club he's seen as the captain of the club. And what I've loved about the way that he seems to have embraced that is, I think he still is the captain of the club. Like, I think he's, there was a bit early when he hurt his knee where all of us, him included, I think, was like, well, what's my role in this now? But what he's realized is there is a role for him. Go and do the media. Be the spiritual leader of the club. Like, you know, get around everybody. And the way that he's embraced that, he hasn't gone off and just not been part of it. Like, he was there on the ground. He's been a part of it. He was there at train, when they were training the other day. He was out the front 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 car of the parade. Yeah. I mean, maybe too much. He's here now. (laughs) (laughs) If you say his name, he appears. Now, I mean, I think for everyone, that's part of the story. And, you know, that's uh, that. How do you feel about um, players getting premiership medals? Like, what? what, How do you feel about the American NBA model of which, if you play during the year, because like Wallace and Redpath and Adams and all these guys who and Suckling. You know, all these guys who aren't going to were important parts of us getting there. Mm. Lin Jong. Like, mm. I mean, you know, they were all played key roles in us getting there. Do you think it's a, only people who play on the day or... Oh, I mean, you think back to Neon Leon. He got dropped for the, the replay in 2010. Um, I reckon that there... And it may be a different culture in America, but I reckon that the culture of Australian football is such that if you're not playing it and the kind of classic... Uh, they tell you that you're a part of it, but you're not really. I think, I think people, I think the people who play get them on the on the day. Yeah, because I think the dudes who who didn't play, I don't, I don't, I don't think they want it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going a step further. I'm going the other way from you. I think everyone involved in the premiership should get a medal. So I think Peter Gordon should get a medal. Yeah. I think David Smorgan should get a medal. Susan Alberti. Susan Alberti, give her a medal. Irene Chatfield, get her a yep. medal. Um, uh, that little Sid, kid, Sid, the Sid the dog, definitely get Sid a medal. Uh, that little kid who sent 50, Chris Grant fifty cents. Yep. I mean, that kid's got to be how old now? Oh well, dude, I think uh, in one of the papers from maybe Tuesday, or Wednesday, they've got a, a kind of spread on him. 
on that kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's like 25 now. Oh, this is like the, the Nirvana front cover when they get yeah, the kid yeah. from the Nirvana front oh, well, cover. I think to... I even saw a picture of that guy this week, kind of doing the recreate. Maybe it was. It's like 25 years or That's something. our version of that. The yeah, kid yeah. who gave Chris Grant 50 cents. Yeah, so he's on there. He had a bit of a spiky haircut. Um, but uh, yeah, he talking about that. Does he still trade out on it? Did he feel like he still felt like he was part of this? I didn't actually read the article, but okay. they made out he kind of was the guy who saved the club. There are a lot of people who have saved the club. Well, because we've do- almost died a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there was a period of time where you couldn't help but You're save the You're on the, the table, yeah. You're the club. <laughs> but tell me about your history. So, this might be stuff you've already covered Sorry? on the pod, but like how... How did you become a Bulldogs fan in the first place? Okay, so my family, well, my extended family, my grandfather and all his other sons and their families were Collingwood. But uh, my dad was Geelong because he had decided, his kind of philosophy was that you should choose your own team. So, like, when I was growing up, there was real potential that I could have been, because all my cousins and stuff, we went to Christmas and, like, all my cousins were Collingwood fans and all the kids I was growing up with, like, you know, around, because it's family that early on, all Collingwood fans. So there was a real chance I could have been a Collingwood fan, which, like, haunts me. Huh. Like, I just don't even know what that would be like. I mean, I know some Collingwood fans I like. Peter Halley is a nice guy and I'm sure there's some others. <laughs> like, <laughs> Actually, I even saw yesterday and um, it was a tweet from the Magpies cheer squad about training at Witten Oval. And it was something along the lines of, you know, oh, show me Whit Noble three years ago and I'll talk about loyalty or something. It was a real dig at like, you know, oh, you're only there, you know, you bandwagoners down at Whit Noble. And it was like, almost like just the perception of what people think of Collingwood. They kind of summed it up right. for me. I was like, that's such a fucking dick move. And then people kind of replied <laughs> back going, a Collingwood supporter saying, mate, that, make, that makes it all look bad. So yeah. don't do that. But it was just like, in this fucking celebratory period, how can you just like, shit on it at all and also be like yeah grand final training is the one time people go like you go mid-june like on a fucking wednesday 10 a.m there's no one there right and like yeah, oh, and yeah. if there is like they're people who probably need some help in yeah their they're the people they're the people that mean? the players kind of try to avoid eye yeah. contact with yeah because when they see them coming well everybody knows that there's a difference between fans mm. like i mean even in comedy yeah like we know the same thing there's that different and again no disrespect to anybody comes to every single gig and whatever but you know you're happy with your general punter who's yep. like it's saturday night it's the festival i'll come and see a show as opposed to the person who's like yep i'll be there it's like the analogy week. i heard someone say it's like when larry david is ever kind of in a room and the real Kramer comes in. Yeah. And Larry Davis is like, ah, fuck. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I know that, like, everything I own is made of gold because of you, but nah. Uh, so, uh, so I, when I was about, I guess I've got to be six or seven, like, the, about the time where, like, I'm old enough to, to genuinely make your own choices about anything. Like, my dad said that he said that, like, you know, you should choose your own team. He said, I barrack for Geelong, but if you want to... Like, choose your own team, choose your own team. And for whatever reason, the Bulldogs were not good then. Like, it wasn't like they were, you know... What time frame are we talking here? So that must have been around 1980. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember the first thing I really was excited about was when Brad Hardy won the Brownlow in 85. And so I was like 10 or 11. And so that's your perfect age. I had a few years of like, kind of, you know, starting to get into it. But of course, people probably don't remember that like, back then... It's not like you could, um, you know, watch six games a weekend yeah. or whatever. Like, we grew up in the country. We'd get, like, you know, highlights and bits and pieces. So, it would take you a little while to... But I had a mate who was in a year older than me, a guy called Jason McCainch, and he was a Bulldogs fan as well. And he was the only, he was the only other one, but we kind of got a nice bond going on over the Bulldogs and we'd like sit in the car at country footy and, you know, eat pies and listen to Bulldogs games on the radio and stuff like that. And then, yeah. And then when Brad Hardy won the Brownlow in 85, that was it. I was locked and loaded forever. So would you get to go many, to many games? Back in the day. um, So here's, here's an innocent story that like these days just would never happen or people would be like really sus about. Uh, so a school teacher at my school uh, happened to be the father of uh, a girl who was also in my year, like a friend of mine and a family friend really. And he and I, he didn't have a son and he and I, he was a Bulldogs fan. So like often on the weekend, he would just drive me down to Melbourne. So me and this essential stranger. No way. This teacher stranger, this man stranger. That'd would be in the take paper. Me, right. Yeah. Now, 
but yeah, so we would just go down and, and watch games. We would go to the Witten Oval and yeah. like stand in the rain and, you know, but that was kind of my formative years of that. And then I remember the first grand final I went to was 89. So that was with uh, Howie, Mark Howard, mm-hmm. uh, who people might know, has a great new podcast called The Howie Games. And um, Yeah, I listened to the other day. I did a great one with um, Dennis Committee. Oh, the committee one's great, yeah, right? Yeah. The Adam Gilchrist one is really fantastic. Like, okay. Yeah, it's it's a really good podcast. But he and I are high school friends. And um, so, uh, yeah, 89, uh, I went and sat in the Hawthorne uh, cheer squad, because he's a Hawks fan, of course, and uh, sat with, like, you know, hundreds and hundreds of Hawthorne fans and watched the 89 grand final. So that was the first time I went. I don't remember 89. I've got no memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened in that one? What, if only there was someone, if only Dermot Brown would tell us about what happened that game, hey? I mean, to this day, still probably the greatest grand final ever. Right? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. epic. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, the story of that day, you know, the, well, the, there were so many stories that mm. day. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, so Bulldogs all my life though, like all my life. So would 85 prelim be a memory at all? Oh, uh, yeah. So that's the same year. So that's yeah. the, the Brad Hardy year. So um, that's kind of my first, you know, real memories of footy, I reckon. Like yeah. the ones that I can identify. So through to 97 and 98, I'm, I don't mean, don't, don't mean to bring up like bad no. memories, but like... Um, it's all right now. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. What were your... <laughs> in 97, 98, did you think you were going to win it? 97, I remember distinctly. I was in Coryong. Um, I wasn't at the game. I was in Coryong with uh, Kevin White, my manager, uh, Adam Richard and Corinne Grant. And uh, they did not want to, you know, they're not footy footy people. So I sat in the car park of the Coryong RSL and yep. listened to the game on the radio in my barina. Fuck. Fuck, man. Yeah. I remember being there. I had to go work at a bottle shop like at five o'clock or something. And as it got tighter and tighter, I, was, I had to—I really had to get that. Get, I got to work about half an hour, 40 minutes late. I think I'd, I think I'd made up something about, you know, something happening. But it was like, I just have to watch the end of this game. Um, but you, were you guys like favourites for the flag that year or anything like during the year? Uh, yeah. I mean, but there's been a few years where that's been the case, or at least we've been in the mix. Mm. Like, I kind of felt, you know, in both of those years that we could have won it. I mean, of course we could have won it. We had a lot of great players. That was a really great era for us. But, you know, it wasn't our time. And, yeah. You know, I mean, that was why it was so great for Libra the other night. Like, for, for Tony Liberatore, like, you know, those great scenes. Oh, yeah, the for coverage. sure. It was like, you know, because I, earlier in the year, I was doing uh, Rue's show in Adelaide, his uh, breakfast show. Oh, yeah. And uh, we always like to talk about the footy. And I just said to him, I said, just say it was a goal. <laughs> it was a goal, wasn't it? Just say it. Just say it on the radio route. <laughs> They're not going to take back your medal. Joe Watson style. It's fine. <laughs> Just say it was a goal. And he was like, yeah, it was probably a goal. So what have you been doing this week? So when did you get back from LA? Oh, okay. So I got back in on Monday morning. So I had to do Gruen, mm-hmm. which was hard work to concentrate on that after all the excitement. Um, uh, but got through that. And then the rest of the week, I've just been... I was saying to Charlie, uh, we were emailing, and I just said, the thing I never realized is there's not enough stuff about footy. Like, you know, you think there's so many, like, you know, articles and podcasts and radio shows and TV shows about football that you could never get to a point during the week where you're like, fuck, I'm out of shows. Yeah, I need to feel Turns out in grand final week, you can really (laughs) easily do that by, like, Wednesday. Yeah. They do great coverage. Like, I mean, Fox Woody's kind of kicked it up this week as well. They've had kind of little specials. They did one the other day, a round table with a bunch of... uh, kind of grand final winners, so Archer and Juddy and Michael Voss and uh, Dermot Brereton. And um, that was really good. That was really great, kind of talking about incidents from games and how they felt going into it. And Glenn Archer doesn't have his medals. He, um, he what? said he what? gave them to his daughter to go take to show and tell. And then he said uh, a few months later he realised, oh, yeah, I haven't got them back. And then, um, you know, it was, and then realised he was emptying out kind of junk in the bottom of a school bag, you know, food wrappers and stuff like that and he reckons the medals were in there and he chucked them out isn't that weird i mean i mean i guess it's like everyone knows it. i mean it's not like the medals themselves you don't need them to prove anymore no that you were yeah i imagine i imagine what a lot of dudes would do donate them to the club so they can put them on display and also they're safe there aren't they right you know? 
Because a few people have, I think. But it's also like when someone sells their brown low. It's not like this. Like, it's not like the guy who buys it on eBay hmm. then becomes a 1978 Brownlow medalist. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's like moving out of a house. You know, it's not right. the house; it's the memories. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You remember it? Hmm. It's still there on the TV. You're up on the board. Hmm. It's fine. You get invited to the Brownlow every year. I found it really interesting uh, about the Brownlow. I didn't get to see the whole thing, but obviously right. watched a bit of the red carpet and stuff like that. And also, you don't need to watch the whole thing, really. No. Come back at round 20. You know, you know what it looks like for people to read out votes. Yeah, yeah. It's a show about counting, essentially. Yeah. Uh, but I also realized, you know, obviously every year they talk about the, 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 the partners and the, the, you know, hashtag ask her more and the like. And, um, and I realized that for a lot of the women, well, a number of the women on the carpet, right. they're kind of at work. During that time. Oh, absolutely. Like, it, this is their moment to boost their career. Like, I remember looking at Mark Murphy's partner's got a bit of um, uh, publicity this week. And I looked at her Instagram and... It's, For research. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But it's, also, it's a lot of ads. Like, you know, there's a picture of her in the dress. But then it's like, you know... Uh, an ad for the makeup person, ad for the hair person, ad for the jewellery person, ad for the shoes, for the dress. Like, a, like they're... They're hustling on the carpet. Yeah, well, yeah. that's but also that's how you're paying for all that shit. That's really expensive. Yeah, they say like, who you're wearing, but it's like I've been I'm obligated to say right. who I'm wearing. Yeah. Also, well, I mean, who you're wearing. I guess ask her. That's why it's ask her more. Hmm. Like, I mean, I uh, like the Outer Sanctum podcast, um, and that's what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah. And they talk about that a lot, and uh, it's it's a really good podcast. It took me a little while to get into it, to be honest, because I just I couldn't. At the start, there's a lot of people on it, and I just didn't quite know who everybody was, and it took me a little while to get into the rhythm of it. But the more that I've listened, the more that I've really grown to enjoy it and the way that they look at football and sort of, you know, kind of prod and provoke me even on some issues that, you know, I'm like, that I thought I was like, geez, I'm pretty on, you know, yeah, and yeah, then I'm like, right oh, on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, you know what? Maybe this is. Oh, well, yeah, I don't have any black friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was that episode where they said, why doesn't Will Anderson have any black friends? I, like, I mean, this feels like it's really talking to me. It's targeted at you. That's weird. It's very niche. Man, I don't even, I've never even bought a banana. What are you talking about? But uh, um, uh, they were talking about, uh, sorry, what was the, the point we were making then? Um, uh, ask her more. Yeah, oh, ask her more. Hustle. Which is, work. ask her more is just ask her a second question. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Everyone needs to do their plug. You know, if I'm going to go and do a radio show and I'm plugging, like, my comedy festival show, I don't actually need to talk about my comedy festival show on the radio spot, yeah. but just mention the comedy festival yep. show. Yep. And it's the same with the, let's get the plug out of the way. Somebody's giving you a dress for free or has, like, dressed you for the night. Or When Charlie was doing his fitness thing, the thing he did for Home and Away where he, got like, got fit, got he had a personal trainer and stuff who, like, you know... Or whatever, like something that happened through that process where it was like, well, you put a photo on Instagram and give them a plug and they help you out with stuff. Stuff? I yeah. guess that's what people do, right? Well, that's all football is Instagram. It's just pictures of underwear and shoes and the right. like and, you know, luggage and things like that that I suppose they all just get for free and they just got to pop it up to, you know, how many followers they've got. Yeah. Um, but uh, I saw Rebecca Judd, I think it was a couple of years ago, and she was talking about the Brownlow in a funny way in that. It was like she was a fifteen year. It was like a fifteen year player talking about like say grand final week, right? And she's like talking about the brand, like, look, you know, a lot. Of, I just say the young girls, um, you know, you just got to go out there and relax and enjoy it, and you know, just just taking the moment. And it's found a really funny way to talk about, you know, walking down a red carpet. Yeah, it's it's not the. It's, here's the thing: it's not about Brownlow week. It's about the preparation you put in, in yeah. like in you know, <laughs> January and December, really. <laughs> well, essentially, I suppose the red carpet is a parade. So you know, there are there are affinities to the grand final. It is also one of those things, though, where I imagine there were some of the people who are you know, when the ask her more who don't want to be asked more uh, yeah, yeah like yeah. you know as well which is like this is my partner's night like if i was going as the plus one to something that was my partner's night mm. i would be more than happy to you know just go no well this is about my partner like and i don't want to make it about me but mm. but i i like the philosophy of it like which is just like because these people are in like if you do a, a little bit of research about a bunch of these people they all have interesting stories or interesting you know passions or ideas or maybe just know something about football mm, or yeah. even that question i always like the question about like you know you know are you into it do you follow it and you know regardless of what that answer is it's always interesting yeah sure yeah i mean do they go along do they because uh, some people you know, uh, yeah a lot of uh, some parents and the like over the days they um Oh, and I'm a sister. In fact, she doesn't want to watch her nephew, my nephew play because she doesn't want to watch him get hurt. 
She's like, I don't want to see him get hurt. Right. Um, Lee Matthews' mum never went. Never um, went? Yeah, never went. And then um, I think his dad went to everyone, I think. But mum never went. And then when he didn't play too well, she'd say, oh, they didn't kick it to you. That's why. <laughs> I mean, probably that is true. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty safe bet to like, kick it to On Lee. the three times when he yeah. didn't play well, mm. she, that was her excuse. And so what do you do tonight, tomorrow? Okay, well, this is so. This is where I guess I need your guidance. So, like, early on the week, so I've got my... I've, I've kind of consumed all the media. I've enjoyed, you know, the fact that it, you know, hearing all the old stories and like, you know, watching all that sort of stuff, been soaking that up, went to the parade, went to the, the event today. I'm going to, oh, have you, how do you feel? Here's a question. What's your uh, feeling about the post-match, the post-match function? Have you been to the, like, have you ever, like, uh, the, yep, the, yep. the great, the, uh, the premiership dinner or whatever, yeah. or whatever it is, like the. Because you got to book in during the week. Yeah. And I figure that's either the worst night ever or the best night ever. I went in 08 through, got a ticket through Limo. Uh-huh. And my friend and I, Declan, went along. And we thought it was going to be this wild party. Right. So we showed up wearing our Hawthorne jumpers. We had black pants, white shirt, tie, and Hawthorne jumpers over the top. And we got to the table, which I think had a few millionaires on it. And Lima wasn't there yet. And we're like, dude, get there, get here right now because we're way out of place. <laughs> You're our link. And I actually even remember going, there's the nightclub in, uh, I can't remember the town now. And it's a really shitty nightclub. And I got talking to a bloke who was from that town. And I said, oh, they've got that nightclub. What's that called? Blah, blah, blah. And I was about to say, that's the shittest nightclub in the entire Australia. Yeah. And then he said, oh, yeah, my dad um, designed that. And I was like, <laughs> and I, was about, I went, oh, they got a nightclub called blah, blah. That is the best nightclub in all of Australia. I love it so much. So we were there, and then we realised that the um, Hawthorne players were walking around with Hawthorne tops over their white shirt, tie, and black pants. And we are going, people looking at us a bit funny. Right. And Jeff Kennett came and patted us on the back and said, well done on the year, boys. And that was a good one. That kind of got, then got, got a bit wild goo. Um, not surprisingly, got on, the, um, got on the stage and started singing with the band. Right, nice. And then we went in 2012, and that was a far more sombre affair. Um, which I think we ditched out of pretty quickly. Yeah. So after that, I haven't gone because I figure I've kind of done yeah, it. And also, months. yeah. I've well, that, okay. So I, I, I've got two tickets. So I've got yeah. tickets to the aftermatch if I, if I want to go to that. Uh, so in between now, uh, and so I've got to do some uh, media commitments. Yeah. Uh, yep, media Street. Yeah. I'm on Media Street. Um, so the players don't have to. But you're a good one though. Cause you, I mean, you could, you're a fan who can talk, but what other kind of well known, Footscray fans are there. Obviously, well, Tim Kale, long time. Yeah, Tim Kale, long yeah. time. He was on Hawthorne last year. Okay. So he's a guy. I, I like to think he's like that, you know, like that, uh, the World Cup turtle that predicts the results or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, whatever scarf Tim... <laughs> Kale the octopus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever scarf that he has on, that's the team that's going to win. I reckon Saints have the best fans. So they've got Warney, Molly, uh, Eric, Banner. Eric Banner, Klimi, and Gudinski. Yeah, see, this is why Charlie is like... Like nowhere near the top. This is why I'm rocketing up. Like in no, it's it, it the Bulldogs ordinarily. Well, you got Julia Gillard, but she's not coming yeah, to a yeah. lot of games. Russell right? Gilbert, Russell Gilbert, yeah. our great mate Gilbo, but he's having a you know he's had a tougher time. Although I hope he he might you know be able to make it there yeah, on the yeah. weekend. I think that'd be amazing. Uh, Shane Delia, uh, the chef, he's a, a Bulldog. Yep, exactly. Oh, yeah, no, that great me, guy yeah. and a brilliant chef. Uh, Biggie Smalls in uh, Collingwood and uh, got a great place in the city. He does Spice Journey on SBS. Okay, uh, myself, and uh, ordinarily that's about it. But of course, there's one superstar who's a Bulldogs fan who. Uh, oh yeah, of course. Has come out of the woodwork again, of course, which is Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah, and Thor. I think I think Liam as well. I, I think I read yesterday that they're, they're going a to, Bulldogs family. They're going I to believe. come. Yeah. Uh, they're a long-term, I believe, Bulldogs family. He looked massive in that photo, didn't he? Massive. He looks so big. I mean, he's well, he's shooting Thor at the moment, so yeah, he's in okay. Thor shape. Yep, yep, yep. You know, so he he's pretty big. But that was that was a pretty amazing photo, and he he is a, a serious lifelong Bulldogs yeah, yeah. fan. He's a Port Philip uh, Philip Island guy. Philip Island, yeah, and um, uh, yeah. So I think the AFL said, yeah, if you want to come, you can come. So they've got him because he did all their voiceovers and stuff yeah. as well. He was there last year because yeah. Turnbull was having a chat to him then. Yeah, so you, they got him, and I think Liam's coming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they got a ticket for the other brother. What about Miley? Luke? Did Luke get a? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, so I, I do love the fascinator this, this thing. Is. But also, we'd get back to the dinner. Yeah. 
Uh, what you should do is hang around after the game if they win to. Okay, oh, so this. Okay, so let's go with the the rest of the day and then tomorrow. So yeah, sure. I got to do uh, seven o'clock tonight. I'm doing an interview with uh, Brad Hardy of all people. Oh, great! On his radio show and then AFL 360 with Adam Spencer tonight because he's a Swans fan. Yeah. Uh, so both of those tonight. Um, good to be on AFL 360 after last week. Jared uh, dropped my name and Robert went who? So huh. that'll be good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'll be good fun. You're going to bring that up, surely? Oh, surely I am. <laughs> Don't worry about that. That's it's going to be a good episode though. There's a lot of lot, lot, a lot of people on. Yeah, it's huge. It's down big down live one down at the mm. the site. So, so make sure, dudes, if you get out there, make sure you jump up and down, shout stuff out. It's live, so try and get swearing live. on the try to get swearing. Drop on a C bomb on the mic. Yeah, <laughs> hold up a sign. Everything you want. Um, and uh, so then the morning is the is. This is where I'm like, I'm going to try to get some sleep tonight, obviously, because it's going to be a big day. Foot and um, grand final marathon. You got to watch that. Gonna because uh, I'm in a hotel, so I think I will actually do a bit of grand final marathon. Mm. I think I'll just like come back, you know, and I'll just like you know have a couple of beers and I'll like watch some grand final marathon and then just go to sleep. So I got to do Howie's show, Dead Set Legends, in the morning. We're going to yeah sit around and and I'm going to pop in on the live rub and the live three uh, AW footy shows yep. tomorrow at the game. What time are you doing that? So that's around sort of twelve, twelve. So sort of eleven. So I figure I thought. I think I've got to get it down for Howie at about 11, and then I'd like be able to go into the game around 12.31. So yeah. that stuff felt about right from previous years. Yeah. What do you think? Is that all right? Yeah, I reckon. I, I always enjoy going around watching a bit of the radio yeah, commentator right? and watching the Triple M guy say, get around him. Well, that's what I thought. So I figured I might as well be on as well. Yeah. But I was going to go and have a look anyway. Yeah, and there's a bit of activity and stuff like that. I think last year they had the Batmobile that Angry Anderson drove really? out in. The yeah, down Batmobile. on display. Yeah, so there's a bit of fun stuff. Was Angry hanging out, handing out some of his right-wing propaganda? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he's a Bulldogs fan, Angry Anderson. Really? Yeah. Yeah, why? Well, yeah, it doesn't get a big mention around the club. Note that does. up. Um, and <laughs> I reckon I would usually go in, yeah, about one-ish, yeah, 1.30. The only thing being when you go to your seat, I found with the music playing, yeah. it's really loud, so you can't really talk. Oh, okay. So maybe I'd just hover around the bar and talk to someone there. All right, good. Uh, and there's a lot of pacing involved too. Yeah. I don't like trying to sit down because I'm a big pacer when I'm nervous. And... um. So, but once the music finishes, uh, grab your seat, and that's that's when it begins. Like, uh, I don't know if they'll do the parade of retirees before the music or after. Yeah, hopefully okay. after, so you can oh, yeah, see hopefully. that. Maybe wave. Yeah. And um, wave to Brian Lake. Say goodbye to Brian Lake. Say yeah. Say goodbye to Brian. And then and then it, then it kicks off. Obviously, with the people coming on, they're singing the. Um, do they still sing? Walks Adam Matilda? Cooney. We'll be able to say goodbye to Adam Cooney. Yeah, actually, yeah, we'll be well. as well. I yeah. saw Coons today. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously you freak out during the game. Um, turn your phone off, I reckon. Yeah. Because everybody, everybody, particularly like the first year, like I remember, I like particularly like because it was new, I suppose. And this one, obviously, for you, the th- everybody at home or watching wants to give their running commentary of yeah, what's happening. No, I don't want that business. It's like fuck that shit. So maybe yeah, turn, I'm, I'm going to turn my phone off. Turn it on if you want to look at the stats and stuff or whatever. Yeah. Um, do you take the radio to the game? Do you listen on the radio? I, I, if I if I weren't sitting amongst people that I knew, I would definitely be a radio at the footy person. Yeah, sure. I, I love a bit of radio in the ear and just kind of being able to keep up with their view of the game as well. Yeah. But yeah. I will be amongst people who, like, you know, will know all those things. So that I think on the day that'll be fine. I'm going to turn off my phone. Well, I, feel, I feel like turning off my phone is the right idea. Because otherwise, I just don't want to be looking at my phone yeah. in, on a day when there's something exciting happening in front of me. Yeah. And also, I don't want the world's opinions on what is happening to shape my opinions on what is happening. Yeah, everybody wants to tell you what's going on. But yeah. you can put the earphones in one ear. Like, if you've got Charlie on your left, you can put, I pop it in one on the yeah, ear. That's a good point. That's Often not when rude. you have Charlie on your left, to be honest, you <laughs> might as well be listening to something on the other side. I just have the radio by the fact that uh, I can't see on the other side of the ground, so right. you know I can't work out who's who. Uh, and then after the game, well, if the Swans win... Yeah, what happens then? Well, what, you, what do you do? I mean, obviously, I'll be disappointed. But to be honest, I mean, of course I will be once the game starts. Like, right now, I can say to you that this week alone, like, it's something I never thought I would see. Yeah. And I've loved it. It's been amazing to see the team celebrated. It's been an amazing journey. Mm. It's been such a great week. And I hope they win. But also Sydney are the team that I thought would win the whole thing. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, I, 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 what I figure is that they have better players than we do. But perhaps maybe we have a better method of playing football yep. than they do. And that if they're 
players were just slightly off and we were 100% on, I think we can win. Yeah. I definitely think we can win. It's but not if a Sydney mismatch. are at their best and we are at our best, then maybe still they're a better team than us at this stage. Who knows? Like, yeah. but So there's a part of me that can kind of go, well, if, they, if the boys go out there and they walk off at the end and they feel like they best represented themselves then I would be fine with that and I won't be devastated. But there's another part of me that thinks once it starts, I will then be devastated if yeah. we don't, you know. I mean, to paraphrase Cowboy Neil, Buddy Franklin can't do a Buddy Franklin if he's unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Send someone out there. Send someone off the wing. I don't even know who our player to do, though, that is. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't really have... at the. Can we get Cloak in you for need, this one? Um, what do you call it? Barry Hall back. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, it, there is that sort of thing of, oh, tough week for Barry Hall. I mean, how, do, how does he how does he choose between those two <laughs> Which club had tumped him? Yeah. <laughs> he said he's going for the doggies, and he said he's been copping shit online all week for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's pretty good at how he can handle himself. He's all right, mate. So, uh... If the Swans win, there are some people who think you should sit there and watch the presentation because uh-huh. they kind of feel like it builds character. But I don't think you have you need any more character in your life. Like, no. I think it's okay. And so I, I think I'm not a kid. You don't need to watch that. The players will sit there. They have to. They have to they watch have it. To. Yeah, which is awful. But um, I reckon get the fuck out of there. Um, and also if you guys win, they bring them back out on the ground, uh, which I believe is hosted by Danny McGinley for the doggy twin. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. And so they, they do mean, it pretty good. They have the, this has been good for a lot of people, but this year has really been great for Danny. Oh, the Bannerman, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bannerman. It really is more than anything. It's, it's been a breakthrough. A great career opportunity for Danny McGinley. <laughs> Who would have thought, you know, writing poems would be so lucrative, yeah. I mean, how do you get into show business? <laughs> what team do you barry for? What are their banners like? Oh, it was great. It's great. It was so good. Yeah, so good. Um, and so they, they have the musos come out and play a bit more and have a stage set up and then, um, then the players will come out. Uh, I think they advertise about 7.38. Yeah, usually a bit of delay. Right. Uh, and then they come out and they ask, ask a few questions, but you can go out on the ground. So they have set up on the opposite oh, wing, so right, the wing in front of the southern stand as well, right? Yeah, so yeah. the wing in front of the southern stand, they have it there. So you can go on the ground and um, just see what it feels like, and you know, got a ball, have a bit of a kick. Uh, and I imagine if that happens, that'll be much more well attended than it has been in the past by the fact that I think every doggies fan is not going to leave. Right. And then go to the dinner. Yeah, I reckon go to the dinner for sure. Uh, win lose, I reckon go to the dinner because if you lose, you can then get it. You can just get out of there. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I mean, yes, this you got year a taste of it? Yeah. I will go to the dinner regardless, mm. yeah. of course. Like, but you know, because I should. Yeah, and we we jumper over the top. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you do that. Black pants, white shirt. Yeah, jumper jump over the top. Yeah, and you're tall. You're tall. You people, you're more representative of a player than myself. Yeah, I mean, I look, and the other thing about the Bulldogs is not everyone knows what all the players look yeah. like. <laughs> so, so if I go in in Caleb Daniels' helmet, it should be fun. <laughs> uh, all right, Michael. Well, we should finish up because uh, you know, uh, well. I, I could talk about this forever, but, sure. you know, I actually have to like send this to someone so they can post it. So there's that important part of it. We should mention one more time that uh, regardless of the result, we are doing a podcast on yeah. uh, Sunday at the European Beer Cafe. And uh, so regardless of – either I will have been out all night celebrating or there's a fair chance I've been out all night commiserating. So. Oh, for sure, man. Come in whatever condition you wish uh, to be. Uh, and I think you'll get, if you win it, I could, again, it's part of the fairy tale, you know, like they, these events and the journey and the... Down at the, uh, I, I may have to go out to the Witten Oval during the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely, right. yeah. absolutely. Um, but I was d- going to say, actually, very quickly, if you do go to Witten Oval, one thing I found, uh, and you'll, you'll get access to, kind of, I think if you gave the, cup, the club a yell and said, get access yeah. to the cup to get a photo, but I imagine they will have the cup on display, so anyone who might be listening, if you go down to Witten Oval and you can't get near the... the Stand like the this what are they called stage? They'll have a big screen. So when the when the players come out on the stage, um, the line for the cup photo gets pretty empty. So if you want to save five hours, maybe go and line up there because you'll still be able to watch the stage because you know it's like a rock concert. They're only like a centimeter higher anyway. So go and stand in the um, cup line, and that way you won't be there till five pm um, in the wind or rain to uh, get a snap. 
That, I mean, that's a, a really good bit of advice. That's the sort of thing that comes from a guy who's been to a few <laughs> of these things. I feel like Rebecca Judd talking about, yeah. you know, I've never played a game in my life. Yeah, for the young guys, what you're going to realise about your post-grand final celebration is, uh, the cup thing is hilarious because down at the at the live side at the moment, they have all the teams and their cups on, like, or I don't I assume they're replicas, I assume they're not sure. the actual cups, but on display. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, down there. So you can go down and, like, say, so like, but the, I took a photo of the bull dogs one because they're all in these big cages because cases because some of them have like 12 13 yeah. cups so they have like 12 13 cups in a year and then next to it yeah. is literally just <laughs> this like empty case uh, with one cup in the middle uh, with like 1954 uh, so. uh, it's like when you go i remember watching like a rock of stedford and there was like clearly the very wealthy school that had heaps of money and heaps of production values and then the not so wealthy school came on with little cardboard outfits and stuff like that i mean that's like, what uh, it felt like at the bulldogs hawks game when they came out through the bat because uh, yeah. the Hawks banner was all like, like you know, three D printer, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they had like they have drummers, oh, they and, did too, like, yeah, all this sort of thing, yeah. and then like the Bulldogs run out, <laughs> and Danny's written a little poem on some crepe paper, <laughs> and that's our banner. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thank you everybody, uh, for listening and uh, putting up with this. Oh, I, uh, do you want to do a, um, uh, who's your tip and what's your Norm, Norm Smith? I'll tip? go with Bont for the Norm Smith because I love him. And as we said, like, um, uh, the, the, let's have the fairy tale continue. Doggies by 20 points. Uh, I am hopeful that the dogs will win. Uh, I think if, we are within a couple of goals at the end of the first quarter because Sydney starts so fast yeah. and we traditionally start by not realising which ones the goals are. So if we can be within it, the thing I know about these boys and the way they play is they just don't give up. Like They're one of those teams that you just go, well, they don't care if they're like two goals behind in the last quarter. They don't mm-hmm. care if they're 20 points down against the you know, previous premiers. They'll, they, they will keep coming and they trust their system. Uh, yeah, I hope we win. It'd be great. Um, I think if we do win, that uh, it would not surprise me if Picken is the yep. Norm Smith medal uh, medalist because he has had such a amazing final series. But I do think that that sort of around centre half forward, half high half forward sort of area yeah, where we transition in there is going to be really important. So if he can get uh, loose, then it might be really exciting. Um, all right. Thank you, Michael. Um, I really appreciate it. Of course, people can hear your podcast, uh, the Junk Time AFL podcast, which is excellent. And uh, I assume you uh, you will continue to do it over the off season like yeah, you man. did last year. You yep. know, update trades and Absolutely. all those sort of – AFL never stops now. Never, 24-7, 365. I mean, of course, the Bulldogs are going for the big three. Like, we did win the women's premiership. I know there was only two teams, but we won that one. Yep. Uh, we did win the VFL last week, so it could be, you know, we could go the clean sweep if we do. Juggernaut. I'm tired of this. Yeah, exactly. already. <laughs> Someone new. Uh, come on, doggies. Come on, doggies. We are two guys, one car.